Welcome to this episode of the Frank DiMazio Leadership Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and if you could, share on your own social media. That would be great. At the beginning of each one of my podcasts, I try to answer a few questions. Uh, This would be in tune with all of us beginning the new year. 2020 is upon us, and this is the first podcast for this year. Question that's been asked, I've had several. One is, how do you prepare for the coming year each year? Do you have a routine? What would you do? Well, for years, my routine has been to stop, pause, and do something that would be uh, different than my routine. Uh, When I was pastoring uh, full-time and teaching uh, some in the college and etc., my preparation for the year would be unplugging all my administration stuff so that I could actually clear my mind, clear my spirit, and wait upon the Lord. That means I would not take administration meetings or counseling or even team leadership stuff that would cause me to prepare for that specific thing. I wanted to have some space, some room, and so I would unplug from everything. And uh, my habit would be to read uh, large portions of Scripture, uh, not necessarily with anything in mind. Uh, Would be a reading of the Scripture simply to get the scripture into my spirit, into my mind. I'm not preparing for a sermon. I'm not preparing for a teaching. I'm simply just having a uh, time of impartation personal from the Bible to my spirit. I find as a leader sometimes uh, so much is demanded upon my mind and my emotions and my spirit, my ministry, my preaching, my teaching. Uh, And again, if you're pastoring or if you're Uh, doing some kind of full-time ministry, whether it's full-time, part-time, or whatever, uh, you have certain uh, responsibilities that drain you as you lead the people to God, lead the church. And that's understandable. So because of that, depending on the level of your drain and the level of your pressure, the level of your responsibility, would determine the level of what you would unplug from and how much you would feel you need the Word of God in your life. For me, that was large portions of reading. Usually, uh, I would start with the Psalms, unless I had a quickening on a particular book of the Bible. Sometimes it would be an epistle, uh, like a Thessalonians, Ephesians, Colossians, a short epistle I could read maybe 10 times, or the Psalms where I could read a section of 25 Psalms several times, or the book of Proverbs, or one of the minor prophets, or take some of the OT history stories and uh, read about a specific king or something and just kind of soak myself in the Word of God and allow the Word of God to speak to me. At that point, I might journal a little bit, take some notes. Uh, I might look at it to make sure that uh, I'm receiving something from the Lord. Again, not to uh, prepare sermons or prepare teachings, but really just to receive from the Lord, receive from the Bible, receive from the Word of God. Uh, That would be my beginning of the year, along with fasting and prayer. We always did 
uh, 21 days, 40 days, different amounts of fasting and prayer. And so that was always my time to also unplug. Do a Daniel fast, that would be my most favorite fast because I could still function uh, pretty well as a leader and do the Daniel fast. And uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, I would feel better because of the uh, Daniel fats, getting rid of all the sugars and the meats and all that stuff and just do some juice and vegetables. And I found it to be uh, very, very good for my body uh, and especially good for my mind. Uh, it seemed like the more I would do the uh, Daniel fast, the clearer I would think and the better I would read. And uh, it makes you kind of think, why didn't I do this more during the year? Uh, kind of a detox and getting my body uh, under discipline and my mind to be cleansed so that I can actually uh, think better, receive better, etc. So there would be the reading of the word, there would be the fasting and prayer, and then there would be the uh, waiting upon the Lord for uh, specific things about my life, what I should be doing that year. For me, that could be uh, what things I would write, what things I would study, uh, where I would go, what things I might speak upon, uh, you know, some of the schedules I'd have to make decisions on. Uh, maybe I might then plan uh, out from that. This would be maybe a couple weeks into the year. I would maybe plan after my waiting in the Lord through the scriptures and the prayer and the fasting and everything else. Uh, begin to write out certain things that I would want to preach upon, teach upon, uh, some things I would delve into. Uh, those would be connected to the needs in the church or what I would see as a weakness I needed to strengthen or a new thing I needed to birth, uh, something I needed to delve into because I knew the church needed uh, some watering of those roots or some digging of those wells, so to speak. I would then uh, begin to lay out from my spirit what I felt was needed in my preaching from the pulpit to the congregation. Uh, and then I would find and match that particular feeling with uh, content. Uh, maybe the uh, book, a, a book of the Bible or a, a section of the Bible or a certain content of the Bible would really fit what I was feeling with the uh, leading that I had in taking the church or the people that got into a specific field uh, of study. And so I would then match my research with that feeling, and then I would begin to do my content work and read and study and begin to prepare. That would be the time I would lay out the series, and I would look at the calendar, and I would think, you know, January through Easter— and so I would divide it into four-week, six-week series, and then post-Easter, what that meant for me. And then I would divide that into uh, what I would call post-Easter, pre-summer, uh, up into June. So I would lay out a couple of other series that would fit our uh, natural calendar and our spiritual calendar and begin to uh, feed myself on those subjects. After I would lay out the materials and kind of do a a general outline, then I would uh, hopefully land on the content I was going to use, whether it be a book of the Bible or a section of the Bible. And then I would look at some other materials, uh, 
uh, books, articles, etc., that I could put into a file and begin to think about that material so that I could begin to add to it as I would study for the series. And so that would be the beginning of my year as a leader, preparing myself, preparing my leadership uh, ideologies, and preparing the feeding of the flock and the leading of the flock. And I'm not even talking about some of the leadership stuff that I would need to do as we would, uh, you know, dive into the year. We would always have a January leaders retreat. And so I'd have to lay out that material also for what I felt for the leaders in leading the church. And that's another subject. But that would be how I would start the year. Now that falls into what I want to talk about in this particular podcast. I'm going to talk about how do you step up your passion for the Word of God. I think as you begin the year, one of the greatest things you could do is create more passion, more understanding, heighten and intensify your love for the Scriptures, the the Word of God. Uh, What you do with the Word of God is eternal because the Word of God is eternal. And so if you put more Word of God in you, you have more eternal thoughts, more eternal ideas and values, and you will be a better person and a better leader. Uh, this podcast is called Frank Tomazo Leadership Podcast, so I direct most of my thinking as I would be talking to you as a leader. If you were a person uh, that's listening to this, whether you're leading on any level at all, you know, you're serving as a small group leader up into uh, all the way up to maybe your lead pastor, missionary, or an intern, whatever it might be. Everybody has responsibility uh, to uh, lead the church and help the church, serve the church, and make the church better and extend the kingdom of God and achieve things in the kingdom of God that the Bible teaches us. To do that, you must create a level a passion for the Word of God. The Word of God will determine the depth of your spirit, and that determines the depth of your ministry. You can be mentally smart and Bible dumb. Uh, I would recommend you be both, that you'd be intellectually uh, smart in a sense that you would have content and understanding all the intellectual things you can put into that, and that you would also have spiritual maturity and content and understanding and be smart with the things of God and that meaning that you would need to be smart with the Word of God. So let's talk about how do you step up your passion or step up your love and your hunger for the Word of God. I think it starts with understanding a little bit about how important the Word of God is and this would be something that Uh, you can meditate upon and you can appreciate that the first attempt to put the Bible into English was 680 A.D. Before that time, the Bible was not in the language of the people except for the first century Christians when Paul wrote to them in their own language. After that, the Bible uh, slowly, the scriptures slowly uh, were translated into Latin and languages that the common person could not read. We forget that when we look at the Word of God, how easy it is for us to pick up the Word of God because we understand and speak the language and the Bible has been written in our language. But that wasn't the case for many centuries with the church people. It wasn't until uh, 1260 
that they actually divided the Bible into chapters and texts. <coughs> Excuse me. Wycliffe was the first person to actually translate from Latin into English. Um, and that being in 1380, uh, which was a uh, tremendous challenge for Wycliffe, uh, politically, socially, and in every other way. And so he was a man who had an understanding of the Word of God. And because of that, he stepped up to translate for the people. And then finally, uh, it wasn't until the 1400s, 1450, that we had the Bible printed. And the Bible printed allowed for the distribution of the scriptures to be given to the people. Even then, there were very few Bibles that were available for the people of God. And the people of God were able then to read in their own language was a revival of the Bible. It was revival of something that you and I don't think about, how precious the Word of God is, how amazing the Word of God is, and that is available to us. Uh, in many of the countries of the world, the Word of God is still not available as it is in America and England and other English-speaking places. In some, as you would understand, their unreached people groups have no Bible, no scripture, nothing in their language. But we have uh, Bibles everywhere in USA, Canada, and England. We have Bibles everywhere. We have thousands and, and thousands and thousands of Bibles. Anybody can pick up a Bible at any point uh, and read the Bible. That had not been the case in many of the countries of the world. And again, in some countries even now, that's not the case. So I'm encouraging you to step up your love and your hunger for the Word of God so that you can be the kind of person that can take the Word of God and uh, feed yourself and feed the people of God. Uh, one of the great characteristics of great leaders is to cause people to hunger for more of God. If they hunger for more of God, they're going to hunger for more of the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is God's Word. It's God's breath. It's God's personality embedded in this book called the Bible. And so if people have a passion for God and you're truly leading them into a passion for God, they will begin to have a passion for the Word of God. If you're leading and the people under you have no passion for the Word of God, that's an indictment on your leadership. If you're leading and the people have... Uh, a love and a hunger for everything but the Word of God, that again is an indictment on all of our gifts and our leadership. We are to lead people to search and seek and love the Word of God. They are to be readers of the Word. They are to meditate on the Word, to memorize the Word. That's what our ministry should be doing with the people that we lead. When we talk about the Bible, we're talking about uh, all of the Scripture, Old and New Testament. Some people are very good with uh, reading uh, Psalms and Proverbs from the Old and maybe the Gospels and some of the Epistles, uh, but they've never read the Word of God through totally. I would suggest that you find a reading uh, discipline. And there are many, many, many uh, reading programs where you could read the Bible in a year. 
Some of these programs, you can read the Bible in three months, one month. Some of them are very aggressive. But have you ever read the Bible through? That would be a question you need to answer. And if you haven't, I think that would be a goal for 2020. Uh, I know the first time I did it, it was a life changer for me. And I've done it many times, reading the entire Bible, all of the scriptures, every word that was ever written in these 66 books of the Bible. And I found that to be a life-changing encounter. So I'd encourage you as a leader to pick up the Bible, get onto a reading program, and read the Bible through totally. The Bible is divided mainly into 11 different sections or divisions that you can understand. And once you read the Bible through, uh, you can go back and zero in or delve into one of the section, sections more if you want to. Uh, the 11th sections is the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The second is the historical books, which are fun to read and have a lot of stories and a lot of interesting facts that you can find in the historical books, the Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuels, Kings, those books, the Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. I found those to be uh, books that I would go back to continually and read continually because the hand of God in the history of the people of God and the principles and how he uh, spoke to them and led them, etc., you would uh, find in the historical books. The poetical books, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, I taught in the Bible College uh, for a while, for several years, and one of my assignments was to teach a poetical books. And uh, Job was always a challenge, but uh, ultimately I found a way to read and study that book that had a great effect upon me in the class. Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, the poetical books have... Uh, more of an inspiration toward uh, worship and prayer and relationship to God and a lot of principles, again, of success and failure and what people shouldn't do, shouldn't think, and etc. Uh, for the major prophets, is not probably something a lot of people will delve into, but you should. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, major because of the amount of material in each one of the books. The minor prophets, again, I have found to be uh, a great uh, read for me, and I've enjoyed it every time I've delved, uh, delved into them. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Uh, these are books of the Bible that you can go back to and read because they're short, and you can read multiple times. If you put them into the historical setting, they make a lot more sense, and they have a lot more meaning with them. The Gospels, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, as the sixth division. The seventh is the history of the early church, the book of Acts. It's something I go back to continually every year of my ministry, every year of my life. I've read the book of Acts. I've gone back to really understand uh, how the church functioned. It always uh, encourages me to look at the ab abnormal church today. And if we were normal, we'd be more like the book of Acts. And so that allows me to have some kind of a clarity about the church, get away from all the organizational stuff and all the modern stuff and all the cultural stuff and try to uh, get back to just the very uh, easy beginnings of the church to understand. Uh, number eight would be the pastoral personal epistles. 
First, uh, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Uh, these again would be uh, books of the Bible. I would go back to my whole life. Uh, nine, the Gentile epistles. Uh, we forget that there are epistles written mainly to the Gentiles, mainly to the Jews. The New Testament, the Gentile epistles, was Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians. These were written mainly with the Gentile in mind. Ten, the Jewish epistles was Hebrews. You can hardly understand the book of Hebrews unless you understand Old Testament and the, and the sacrifices and the covenants and the priesthood and the tabernacle and the temple and all that where the writer of Hebrews uses that to establish his content. The book of James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, uh, were all written with the Jewish believers in mind. And then you have the 11th division, the book of prophecy. The only book of prophecy in the New Testament is the book of Revelation. And again, you don't have to understand the book of Revelation to uh, read the book of Revelation be blessed. It's one of the books of the Bible that says if you read this book, you will have a specific kind of blessing just because you read the book. So you need to step up, I need to step up, our passion for the Word of God. Our passion for the Word of God is something that can be uh, heightened, intensified, expanded, reinforced. It's something that you can start the year with, get yourself on a reading program, and then listen to my next podcast about taking the Word of God apart and what you do to improve your understanding of the Word of God. And uh, we will encourage a heart of passion for the Word of God. Until next time, I will uh, ask you to enter the year with your prayer and the Word of God. I want to thank you for listening. And if you can, please share on social media with friends. I would love for you to leave a rating review on iTunes. That really helps the podcast, helps extend it. And that would be wonderful if you would do it. Let me pray for you as we exit this podcast so that you will have a prayer over your year. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you bless every listener. Lord, I pray no matter where they are on the valley, uh, on the mountaintop, if they are on a path that's very clear, one that's not so clear, Lord, I pray valley or mountain, I pray clear, unclear, the blessing of the Lord upon their year. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen them, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, I pray you'll build a hedge around them, their family, their friends, their churches, their ministries, and let this be a year of special blessing, double blessing, fruitfulness, and may the Holy Spirit be upon us every step, every day of this new year. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <music> 